Hello and welcome to another episode of the Naughty Nerds. And in this week's episode, a little bit different to normal, I've got one of my very good friends slash partner slash client, whatever you want to call it, Steve from White Press with me. Naughty Nerds. Talk all about building rapport, sales and loads of juicy stuff. So hello, Steve. How are you? Very good, Tom. Yeah, it's an honor. Thank you for having me. Yeah, looking forward to our chat. Fantastic. So in terms of your role, do you want to just give a brief introduction, who you are, what you do? I'm the country manager for a content marketing and distribution platform called WhitePress. It's based in Poland, but I look after the UK and the US market currently. And as the title states, you know, my job is to A, drive the business forward, look for new clients, build that really important rapport, win their trust. And just make sure that leak and bucket syndrome doesn't come into my markets where, you know, people are kind of disappearing. There are lots of roles I accomplish and I fulfill for my clients. And I think it all comes down to how much trust they can show me so that they can trust with their clients' campaigns given off to me. So, yeah, pretty much that's it. You know, driving the business forward, of course, I've got a large team here. So it's also about coaching, mentoring, you know, trying to find the mini me in the team uh, in order to you know have a plan b and plan c in case i come under bus number 11 tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> well you are a man of many talents steve you are wonderful at, at what you do and, and how we actually met was really interesting wasn't it and i'll tell this story very briefly i remember you got in touch as you were looking for some copywriting help for one of your projects and i remember because we have a great one of our clients answer our phone calls with us they're called frontline we were in Mallorca on holiday. I saw this call report come through and I was like, this is a very random number. I answered the phone. You're like, oh, hi. You know, I work with loads of agencies. We're looking for some copywriters. Can we get on a call? I remember we, we had a phone call and me and Jake just fell in love with you because you're amazing. And whether it was the pitch of what you did and it was very strategic, but of course, we're an SEO agency. We build backlinks for our clients and create content, which sort of married up quite nicely with what white press does we had a call and you know however many weeks later or days later we've become clients and i think that was because of how just not not normal because that's not the right word but just how of a nice and genuine person you are and i think when you have discovery calls when you have demos with people i think if you can you know whether you get bought in from a you know an seo lead or a cold outreach or something when you jump on that call you know, the first few minutes is about who is this person? Do I like them? Do I not like them? Am I interested in what we're talking about? And then it sort of flourished into a wonderful relationship and friendship to where we are now. Absolutely, Tom. I think, you know, starting to build any new relationships, whether it's business or in life, it's primarily about first impressions, how you state in the facts, if you're sounding convincing, Obviously, there has to be some strategy. You can't just shoot in the dark, of course. So it's funny you mentioned uh, my first call with you guys. It was a bit of everything, to be honest. I was brand new. That was kind of week one in Y Press. We were hardly doing any marketing in the UK market, so zero brand recognition. And I said, listen, I'm not going to wait for my marketing to bring inbound leads. I'll just crack on myself. So it was A, about understanding what the market's all about when it comes to content creation and distribution. Of course, we wanted a bit more copywriters, native copywriters jumping on our team anyways. And I said, listen, I'm just going to be honest. And then hopefully 
quite strategically in a clever manner. I'm going to introduce the platform and let's see where it goes. And then here we go. You ended up becoming my first client. <laughs> and in terms of how you reached out to us, Steve, did you just find us from searching through LinkedIn and Google or what was sort of your approach with that? Yeah, I went in old school in my first week. I just literally typed in digital marketing agencies in London and I had a long list and I just, you were probably call number 23 that day, if I remember that correctly. <laughs> and obviously I had my wins and I had my losses coming up to your call. But the idea was, you know, just be equally enthusiastic, equally convincing on every call because you never know your next call could be the big fish, the big giant you're looking for in order to, you know, propel your business further. That's fantastic. That's so funny because I thought, you know, you'd looked us up and you're looking for copywriting and it worked really, really well. You know, we weren't a good fit for the copywriting side of stuff, but we flourished and we're working together on so many projects and it's just been fantastic. And, you know, our clients appreciate it. I'm sure that your clients do too. And something that you mentioned there sort of about doing those calls and, you know, your next call might be the biggest fish or the one you just had wasn't the best. I know we've done this before with cold calling and I'm sure a lot of people that are listening to the podcast or will listen to it do cold calling themselves or their team do it. How do you stay motivated and how do you stay positive? Because, you know, if you've got 50 calls in a day and 20 of them in a row are like, no, get away. I don't want to talk to you. Never call me again or I'm going to come after you type of thing. So how do you work around that? Because, you know, you must have very thick skin or you just move on to the next one. Yeah, you just hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, first things first, have a very thick skin. But then I think, you know, when people say that cold calling is a dead art where people are horrible on the phone and they just tell you to just go away or, you know, hang up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, in my entire career of biz dev, and I'm not a spring chicken anymore, Tom, I've done my hard bits here. I've probably had, what, four, maybe five people out of, what, 50,000 calls I might have made in my entire career who actually hung up. So I think those are just isolated incidents around the world where they have been then become a storyline and then become a standard that, oh, that's how a, a cold call ends. No, it doesn't. But that, that also does not mean you don't do your prep, you don't do your homework, you don't do your research. And I'll be honest, this is, if I have to do a cold call, I'll exhaust all sorts of options to try and get that, my foot in the door. So let's assume if, if this was again, Nautilus Marketing, I would have washed up your website completely. I would have looked for any points which were common, trying to find that connection. I would have obviously been on LinkedIn I would have gone through your customer reviews. I would have been on Clutch to try and pick up that one line. And I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. Two weeks ago, a gentleman called Jake, was it? Not Jake at Nautilus, just Jake at another agency. And almost everyone loves talking about themselves and their team on the website. So, and then usually there's a brief description of who that person is. So this gentleman, who I was actually trying to target, ended up being a cricket fan. And I obviously love my cricket. So my email or, and my phone call, and actually didn't answer the phone, so I left a voicemail. It was all based around, for example, the English swing bowler, Jimmy Anderson, how wide press is like the Lord's cricket ground in the world of content creation and distribution. But I did it in a quite, quite a strategic manner, picking and choosing my words 
wisely, not sounding cheesy at the same time, followed it up with an email, and hey ho, 48 hours later, the gentleman did respond. And of course, it didn't lead to anything at this stage, but imagine someone getting millions of cold emails in a day for him to pick mine and respond to it was kind of a job well done. And that's what we're looking for. Let's get the door open and see what's going on behind closed doors. So that's pretty much what I'd recommend. And that's what I try and do every day and tell my team members here as well. And anyone who's listening to this call is have a thick skin, never give up, have the same enthusiasm because you never know. Because once you're at the lowest, there's only one way to go, which is going up. And, you know, especially what you said there about sort of picking out that, that thing about cricket, I get hundreds and hundreds of spam emails a day, whether that be about link building or just, you know, a, a new rectal dysfunction treatment or whatever that comes through to my inbox. I get everything. And, you know, some of them where they are like the one that you've mentioned, where it mentions about nerds or something like that, it really does catch your attention and it works really well. And I think the same principle applies when you have, you know, a warm lead that's maybe booked in a demo or a discovery call. If you can, you know, bring up a few points about their website or sort of who they are as a business, then it just sets you apart from those other people that they might have had a call from or those other people that have cold called and emailed them. And then that just gives you a platform to stand on and say, right, okay, now we've found this common ground. I'm with you on this. This is what we do. How can we help? Let's get this going. And it just it creates that connection and it comes back to sort of what we mentioned earlier about, you know, creating that rapport and building that trust. Because when you do have that, it makes your life easier. It makes my life easier. And you can sort of form that relationship with clients going forwards because a lot of other agencies and a lot of businesses, you know, it's the same email template. It's the same cold call. And then they mm, miraculously on board as a client. And then you see so many issues and problems crop up because the client's not happy, they're not being communicated to in the right way, it's too corporate, whatever. But just by starting off that initial journey by being different, I think it sings so many positives. I agree. I agree. You know, I know there are lots of corporates out there who would want their sales and business dev team to what do 80 calls a day, but that is sounding robotic with zero re research in there. And the conversion rate there, the percentages would be just dreadful. So within my team, you know, I want them to do 20 calls a day, but I want them to spend five to 10 minutes per call researching what that lead is, qualifying it, trying to find that personal connection. And that's when you see the conversions, you know, percentages going up to 15, 20, 30%. And you have those meaningful relations moving forward. So it's kind of having a thick skin, but having lots of patience and then understanding that your first goal is not going to bring you business. Your first goal is to generate interest. Once the interest is there, then you take the next step. In our case, for example, is giving out a demo about our platform. And then once you've given the demo, and if you're confident about your product and you have great product knowledge, then I think you should be able to kind of get that business and have a sign off. So a combination of a lot of things, but I think if I had to pin down two, have a lot of patience and have a thick skin. Naughty nerds. And it helps, it just helps build that relationship and it makes your life easier as you get into that relationship going forwards. Yes, they've onboarded with you, great. But then, you know, you can pick up the phone and if there is a problem, whether it be that you've done internally or something that sort of you need to address to them, it makes that conversation so much better. 
And ultimately, at the end of the day, if a client's happy, you've built that rapport and trust, whether you've gone out and you know had a night out with them or a dinner or a couple of gin and tonics, you know, you've, they're going to spend more money with you. And, you know, that's what we both are here for as well as providing a good service. And it just makes that so not easier because, of course, we should never milk someone for everything that they're worth. But if you can build that trust and rapport when things are naturally right to suggest something, it's a very easy process to do so, I think. Yeah, I agree 100%. And there, there was another thing at the top of my head there. So obviously, we both kind of work within the SEO world. So I try and take one of those things which I've learned in SEO talking about keywords and I try and apply that into my business goals. So if you're speaking the right keywords, which are humanly receptive, let me put it this way, then people would be happy to get, to place their trust in your business, in your product. Because, because of all that cold calling and cold outreach, people need to understand and connect with you as a human being. Once they do, and if you've used the right keywords there, you come across as just as a genuine trustworthy human being then i think the rest is just it becomes a cakewalk to be honest yeah and it it just comes down to that trust element again and you know if someone does have that trust in you they've wheedled out all the weeds that they've spoken to and we have it when we have discovery calls where they're like oh my gosh this is the quickest and the best 20 minutes i've had out of these five agencies that i've spoken with because i've said how cute their puppy is or we've talked about the weather or we've talked about our plans for the weekend We've given them value in the questions that they're asking. We're providing them with upfront on honest pricing. And they're like, we've had a great call and I really appreciate that. We sent them a proposal, bish, bash, bosh. And, you know, they're sort of in the bag already by the time you've left that call. And that just sings volumes to, you know, the company that you are, but also that client from that initial first call, they're already sold and you don't need to do much else. It just makes everyone's life so much easier just by investing that time, doing that research and sort of just giving that time, really. I agree. And then once you see a pattern building up where you see a specific trick or technique working, just try and amplify that. But you have that in the back of your head that it's not going to last forever. So just have a plan B and C always ready around the corner, but then have your eyes and ears open have that level of com- common sense where if you start seeing pushbacks for a certain thing you're saying or presenting, change that. Do your research again. Go out in the market. See what other people are doing. Learn from them. Put in your personality in it so it kind of becomes your stamped presence or kind of pitch in your next call. It usually works. And I guess a, a little question for you, Steve. Sometimes we get clients that have come to us and had bad experiences with other agencies or you know they've just not had a good experience i've noticed when i've been on the receiving end of sales calls before if i mention oh i've i've also had a call with so and so they sometimes not bad mouth but they do bad mouth their competitors do you think that's a good thing to do or a bad thing to do or it doesn't really matter if you've sort of had that experience yourself bit of a different question there for you no no i understand i mean i'll be honest we've got competitors out in the market and yes people are aware of them and they do mention it and i've been asked so how come you guys are different and rather than us bad mouthing our competition it's best to focus on your usps be upfront and honest that listen this is what we provide because we feel 
X and Y works much better in the industry. That's why we believe in it. And that's why we're pushing our weight behind it. We're not saying this is the best strategy or the perfect strategy in the world. However, you then present with some case studies, with some numbers, with some percentages, which backs your belief or statements you're making. And again, it again comes down to someone's asked you a question. That means they're looking for trust, really. That's why someone's asked a question. And again, if you give it, give a convincing answer, yeah, but I don't believe in kind of bad mouthing competitors because, yeah, the world's small. We kind of all need each other. Let me put it that way. Yeah, definitely. And again, I guess coming back to that relationship, you don't want to burn any bridges. But also, if you know that you're, if that competitor doesn't do their communication very well and you're up front and say, you know, this is how we work from a communication point of view we do this we do that you don't necessarily have to say well so and so doesn't really communicate to their clients they get like one week waiting times reply to emails you just need to rephrase it and say well this is who we are this is why we're probably different to those other competitors we're really quick in getting back to clients we like to build rapport and communication and it's something that other agencies don't do very well however we do well you don't have to mention anyone's name and the client's like oh my god yeah that makes a lot of sense that's really good and I think case studies as well and, and reviews and testimonials and recommendations on, you know, sort of people's private LinkedIn pages as well. I'm not a stalker, but a lot of the discovery calls that we have with people or sales calls that me and Jake go on to, for example, I always look at that personal's at person's LinkedIn profile, what content they're putting out, having a bit of a nosy, see who else works at the company, if they've got any recommendations and stuff. So I guess that's also a little bit of a tip as well. Like on my LinkedIn I think I've got about 60 or so recommendations from past clients and that works really well, especially, you know, when we're on a call and clients say, oh, well, how can I look at your reviews? Well, if you go to my LinkedIn page and my profile, you can see personal reviews from 60 of our clients and I'm sure that I keep you busy over a wine or a gin and tonic. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree. I agree. References within the business, within the industry, so important. You know, I've spent, well, just over almost a year now at WordPress from having no clients to now having you know a good collection a good portfolio of clients and i'm very happy now when i'm doing my calls my demos with any potential client i'm very happy to pass on references i said yeah these are the people you need to speak to that's the email address go for it because i'm confident for the service and the trust we've given to our clients that we're only going to get glowing reviews and rather than of course it's always nice to put it up front and you know have that displayed on your website on your LinkedIn page, but I also truly believe if someone really wants to check those references to see how true they are, just write an email. So nothing to hide. Naughty nerds. And also what you said there made me think of something else. You know, a lot of the time, well, not a lot of the time, but sometimes we're not the right fit for that client, whether we've not had any experience in that industry or we don't feel comfortable. And if you've got those sort of relationships with other agencies and, you know, you've got that, sort of trust with them if you know that so-and-so can do a good job and this client's got an x amount of budget and we can't fulfill it we'll always pass it on to someone else rather than telling the client no and we've we work with a lot of agencies where you know they might charge a minimum of eight grand or ten grand for a website and anyone's under that we've got a slack channel set up with them and i think where are we today thursday yesterday we had two leads come from this one agency both really good websites but they didn't want to do them in-house because they don't have the capacity and they referred them to us. So yes, they are a competitor, 
but we're slightly different to what they do. So that's always, you know, something else to bear in mind too. And that does work really well. I agree. We've done that strategically quite recently with some of the agencies we've dealt with or some of the competitors where I've just been up front and I've gone out to them and said, listen, we've got a budget to share. Let's play fair, you know, all cards on the table. And usually, again, if you're having an honest conversation, yeah, you normally make friends and you just make sure that, as you rightfully said, rather than just a flat no to a client, you go out and you do that hard work and you put in the hard work where quite recently we onboarded an agency from New Zealand believe it or not from with all that time difference we don't have any New Zealand websites but we managed to get the campaign by you know kind of being in touch with a few competitors or other suppliers we've got and we've just made that happen so yes I agree I agree fantastic and are you a firm believer in sort of saying yes to clients and then figuring it out afterwards because I've done that before and it does quite well <laughs> yes <laughs> yes pressure helps I think it does I'm definitely a yes man but I yeah I it's it's surely a risk because your reputation's on the line you know the thing we just built so it's a bit of a tricky one Tom it depends how confident you are that even if it falls flat and you're not able, able to deliver would it burn the bridge with our client? If not, then go ahead, take that risk, say yes, and then figure it out. Because let's face it, if you know your industry quite well and you've got the right network, you would be able to pull it off, even if you don't have that offering in your portfolio currently. You might just need a few gin and tonics to uh, help with that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Exactly. Gin and tonics in, in Poland over the weekend. And there we go. We got a proper plan then. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And I guess just finishing up, Steve, would you, do you have any like top tips or tricks of other that business developers or business owners can use to sort of help seal the deal and just be a great salesperson, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I've seen, I shouldn't be bad-mouthing because actually I'm not, it's just, it's an honest opinion on my end where LinkedIn, of course, is such an important tool when you're trying to connect to people. But most of the biz dev managers I've seen around in the industry, at least in my industry, LinkedIn profiles are horrific. They are screaming, buy something from me, you know, where it should be, trust me. I'm just another human being and I'm here to help you. And that all that happens through making sure you've got the right profile description. You've got a lovely professional 30-second video being recorded there so people can kind of get to judge your personality. Because just on a picture or on an email, they've got no idea who they're talking to. And I say that to my team as well. If we can't meet people, rather than sending out an email and hoping to get lucky, Pick up the phone and call them. Once they listen to you, 100%, if you're speaking the truth and you're being honest, that connection is going to be formed. So LinkedIn, 100%, you need to do that. Also, use your network and be kind of what I can say is taking a calculated risk where even if you don't know that person, but you know someone within that network, try and find that common denominator which might make the other person go, oh, yeah, of course, I know that person. Mm, right. Do you know what I'm saying? It's using your network where getting your foot in the door again. I know I'm repeating myself, but there is no rocket science to it, to be honest. No matter which industry we're in, if it's sales and biz dev, 
try and be ahead of the curve, try and be creative in your approach, in your outreach. The more networking you do, the better it is. LinkedIn, in my opinion, has landed me so much of business. So be very active on LinkedIn. Don't be a silent observer. Keep posting things, engaging content where you know people would comment or engage with your post. And there you go. You, you're creating yourself a big funnel of inbound leads then to pick the conversation from there, have small talk again, and then hopefully pitch to them. So yeah, my biggest advice at this stage would be focus on your LinkedIn profile. Fantastic advice. Thank you so much, Steve. I really appreciate it. Been wonderful to chat. Hopefully we can record one of these in the future on another topic, maybe. I really, really look forward to it, Tom. And thank you very much for inviting me in. As I said at the beginning, it's an honor. Thank you again. All the best to you and to Jake. And yeah, can't wait for our next uh, session of GNTs in in Poland. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Steve. And I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you have, make sure you're leaving a review on your favorite podcasting platform. In the meantime, stay awesome, stay safe. But most importantly, dear listener, stay nerdy. Naughty Nerds.